Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... The Noparabo. It is. Do you know anything about the Noparabo? No, I don't. Okay, well, I've done an introduction piece. But first of all, we need to give a shout out to our newest patrons. Thank you, Tony B, for being a Patreon. We appreciate it. We really do. And Heather Anderson, thanks so much for your pledges. We really, really do appreciate it. If you're enjoying the show, um, please can we ask you to follow, rate and review. Right, on to the intro. Are you ready, Toby? Yes, I am. A yokai is a term used in Japanese folklore to refer to various supernatural beings, monsters and spirits. These creatures can encompass a wide range of forms from mischievous and harmless beings to malicious and dangerous entities. Yokai are deeply ingrained in Japanese culture and have been depicted in various forms of art, literature and entertainment throughout history. They often possess unique characteristics and abilities. Some well-known examples of yokai include Kitsune, a fox spirit, Tanuki, a raccoon dog spirit, Kappa, a water-dwelling creature, and Yuki Onna, a snow woman. There also exists a mysterious entity known as the Noparabo, the faceless ghost. This yokai assumes the form of a humanoid figure 
but lacks a face. It's often misidentified as a mujina, a term hailing from ancient Japan, denoting a badger or raccoon dog. Nevertheless, the Noparabo predominantly takes on the guise of a fellow human, concealing its true nature. Legend says that these beings possess the ability to shapeshift. In the realm of the supernatural, the Noparabo reigns as a master of fear, evoking terror in the hearts of humans. Though their intentions are generally harmless, their expertise lies in instilling dread. These entities possess the uncanny ability to adopt the guise of ordinary individuals and at times even assume the identity of someone known to their unsuspecting victim. Yet their true power lies in their capacity to erase their facial features entirely, leaving nothing but an unsettling smooth expanse in the place where a face should be. This disconcerting transformation only serves to intensify the eerie essence of the Noparabo. Indeed, the world of the Noparabo is intertwined with other supernatural entities, blurring the line between their identities. It's believed that shape-shifting beings may sometimes don the guise of a Noparabo to further bewilder their victims. Among them, Mujina, an elusive creature resembling a badger or raccoon dog. It possesses the ability to assume human form. Similarly, Kitsune, the cunning fox spirits, and Tanuki, the mischievous raccoon dogs, are known for their shape-shifting prowess and could potentially take on the appearance of a Noparabo. In the collection of ghost stories, known as Shinsetsu, Ayakamuna Gatari, tell of encounters with Noparabo, only to unravel their true nature as animals, leaving behind telltale traces of fur on their victims' garments. Yet there are instances where the mystery of the Noparabo persists, with their authentic identities remaining elusive. The Sorowai Monogatari collection mentions an imposing noparabo of towering stature, approximately seven shaku, around 2.1 metres, a Pirian Okicho of the capital, but no further clues regarding its true nature are provided. These beings also make appearances in folktales from various regions, including Osaki Prefecture and Kotunami, in Nakatado district, Kagawa prefecture, each contributing to the rich tapestry of the Noparabo. Here is one of the more well-known stories. Once upon a time in the ancient city of Hayankayo, there lived a lazy fisherman named Takeshi. Takeshi was known throughout the village for his indolence and disregard for warnings. One day, he heard rumours of an abundance of fish in the sacred koi ponds near the majestic Hainkayu Palace. 
Despite his wife's caution about the sacredness of the pond and its proximity to a graveyard, Takeshi decided to try his luck there. On his way to the pond, he encountered another fisherman who warned him about the consequences of fishing in such a hallowed spot. However, Takeshi, driven by his laziness and desire for an easy catch, paid no heed to the warning and continued his journey. As he reached the imperial koi ponds, Takeshi noticed a stunningly beautiful woman standing by the water's edge. She pleaded with him, her eyes filled with concern, asking him not to fish in the sacred pond. Ignoring her heartfelt pleas, Takeshi cast his net into the water, thinking only of his own desires. To his horror, as Takeshi continued to fish, the young woman suddenly wiped off her own face, revealing a featureless visage. Filled with fear and realising the gravity of his actions, Takeshi dropped his net and fled from the ponds as fast as his legs would carry him. Seeking refuge back home, Takeshi was relieved to find his wife waiting for him, but she wore a stern expression and scolded him for his wickedness, for he had defiled a sacred place. Suddenly, just like the young woman at the pond, Takeshi's wife wiped off her own face, revealing her true nature as a Noparabo. The Noparabo spoke with a solemn voice, reminding Takeshi of the importance of respecting sacred spaces and heeding warnings. It was a lesson in humility and the consequences of laziness and disobedience. From that day forward, Takeshi transformed into a diligent and respectful fisherman. Recognising the significance of his actions and the importance of honouring sacred places, he became a wise and responsible member of the community, always mindful of the consequences that could arise from his choices. In the story, The Mujina of the Akasaka Road, a man is travelling along the Akasaka Road to Idu, now Tokyo, when he encounters a weeping young woman near Kunazaki Hill. Out of compassion, he approaches her and tries to comfort her. However, to his shock and horror, the woman turns to him, revealing her featureless appearance. Startled and frightened, the man continues his journey and eventually arrives at a sober vendor's stall. Still shaken by his encounter, he shares his experience with the sober vendor, who listens intently. As the man describes the faceless woman, the sober vendor starts to stroke his own face. To the man's horror, the sober vendor's face begins to change, transforming into that of the Nopera bow. The tale of the Mujina of the Akazaka Road serves as a cautionary tale, warning travellers to be wary of encounters with seemingly helpless individuals as they may not be what they appear to be. It also highlights the eerie and mysterious nature of the supernatural world in Japanese folklore. 
In addition to the story of the Mujina of Akasaka Road, there are several other tales featuring Noparabo, the faceless ghosts. One such tale tells the story of a young woman who was rescued from bandits by a mounted samurai. However, as the samurai approaches her to offer assistance, his face mysteriously disappears, revealing him to be a Noparabo. Another tale revolves around a noble who sets out for a secret rendezvous with the courtesan. To his surprise and alarm, he discovers that the courtesan is actually being impersonated by a Noparabo. This unnerving encounter tells us about the deceptive nature of appearances. Furthermore, Noparabo have found their way into popular culture, such as the TV show Wednesday where they're portrayed as students of Nevermore. This demonstrates their enduring presence and influence in modern storytelling. Whilst most of the Noparabo tales originate from before the 20th century, there are a few exceptions that have emerged in various parts of the world, including Japan and places with Japanese emigrants, such as the state of Hawaii in the United States. Among the more recent reports, some noteworthy incidents occurred. One such incident took place on the 19th of May 1959 at the Waiali Drive-In Theatre in Kahala, as reported by Bob Crass, a journalist for the Honolulu Advertiser. Crass recounted a sighting where a witness observed a woman combing her hair in the restroom. As the witness approached, the woman turned revealing a face devoid of features. The encounter left the witness so disturbed that they had to be hospitalised due to a nervous breakdown. In a 1981 radio show, Glenn Grant, a renowned Hawaiian historian, folklorist and author, initially dismissed the incident as a mere rumour, but shortly after the interview, Grant received a call from someone claiming to be the witness providing additional details about the event. One previously undisclosed detail was that the Noparabo in question had red hair. Grant has also documented several other sightings of Noparabo in Hawaii, ranging from Iwa Beach to Hilo, further adding to the mysterious lore surrounding these faceless spirits. I know I've spoken about this before on the podcast, but I'm sure that I've seen one of these ghosts. And it was um, in a car driving past and I had to take a double, you know, like a double take because yeah. the person had no face. <laughs> have you ever seen anything like that? No. I have. I, I swear I have. Not unless it's like my eyes trying to adjust so they go a bit fuzzy. Yeah. But it's that, yeah, the no face mask type thing again when you can't tell somebody's intentions just makes it all the more scarier. These are, you know, they are quite big in Japanese folklore. There's loads of Japanese illustrations about them. Um, It's worth a deep dive if anybody's interested to look further. Right. Now I've got three spooky stories about faceless ghosts or entities. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. I write my encounter only to share my experience 
and hope there's an explanation to this phenomena. This encounter was pretty quick, so the story might be a bore, but I'll try to include as much detail as possible. The best time in my life so far has been when I lived in this two-storey house in a fairly big suburban town. I hold a lot of memories in this house, but the more eerie ones reside in the house that I lived in. The house I lived in was a typical suburban house. High ceilings, small backyard and flowers blooming everywhere in the front. Nothing about this house gave off any type of bad energy. Although the boy who had to grow up in this house will tell a different story. Many strange things happened that I still have trouble explaining, let alone remembering, due to the fact that I was a boy growing up with severe anxiety in a house that I didn't feel comfortable in, just trying to cope with everything. One of these encounters was sometime in 5th to 7th grade, while I was doing homework in the kitchen. The kitchen was completely connected to the living room and there was a small built-in desk that was just to the side of the kitchen counters. From the point where I was sitting at the desk would have been far in my peripheral vision. I wouldn't notice anything, but as I was doing my homework, my mum had walked over to the desk and was printing something or filing some papers. I didn't think too much of it, but I just had this feeling like when someone says... Don't Don't look in that direction. direction. And you look at that direction. I didn't feel any bad energy or negativity. Just a random thought of curiosity that popped into my head out of nowhere. Of course, as a young boy, I feed into this curiosity and turn my head to peer over to my mum to maybe see in more detail what she was doing. As soon as I turned my head... It was like everything happened in a quick flash of a second. My head turns only to see a figure standing right behind my mum, although facing me, of a man in standard business attire. Black business shoes, a black briefcase in his left hand, a black suit, a black trench coat and a black top hat. Although as soon as I turned my head, it was as if my eyes were drawn to his face. But the fact was, he had no face. It's as though for a quick second I could feel his gaze on me. But all that was staring right back at me was a face with skin covering completely where the eyes and mouth should be. As soon as I saw this figure, my fight or flight response was immediately triggered and I stood straight up on the kitchen chair as a sort of quick thinking natural body reaction without even blinking, just keeping my gaze in the direction of the figure. It completely vanished as if it were never there. Nothing moved, nothing mysteriously turned on, and the energy in the room never shifted. When I stood up, it made a fair amount of noise to the point where my mum would have looked at me and asked, What are you doing? doing? except the fact was that she seemed to be unbothered as if she wasn't curious why I'd suddenly jolted up in my chair. Past this point, I can't quite remember what happened after, or if I just continued doing my homework. But to this day, I will never forget 
and this memory of the figure is completely embedded in my brain. A couple of years later, while growing up to be a fan of horror movies, the occult and paranormal, I suddenly remembered this encounter and tried to do a Google search on a whim to try and figure out if my typical suburban house had any history. Although what I found was that I wasn't the only one who'd seen this figure before. There are multiple accounts of people seeing him from all over the world to the point where he's been given a name, the man in the black suit, or the faceless man. Just recently, I moved out of that house and honestly kind of miss it and its experiences. To this day, I still tell all my friends and cousins whenever we are on the topic of scary stories and it seems to shock them. After that day, I never did see that man again. It's as if he had just visited me that one time in my life and chose to never visit me again. But then I'm currently 18 and still have time in my life to prove myself wrong. Slender man. Yeah, it sounds really similar to it, doesn't it? I keep seeing things out of the corner of my eye lately. Yeah. And um, it's that time of year, though. The veil is thinning. In that, I used to see stuff in my eye all the time. Yeah. In the corner of my eye. Mm-hmm. And I always actually think, oh, like, is this really happening? Yeah. What was it? I was just forgetting it. There's <laughs> just figures, like, shadowy figures. Right. Oh, the shadow people. it just spooks you out, innit? Yeah. You know what? Because I am a bit jumpy at the moment, aren't I? I even thought that we bought, <laughs> we bought this new um, hot chocolate maker... And I thought that it had started on its own. And I was like, Toby, are you making hot chocolate? And he went, no. But he was actually on the exercise bike making a noise and it sounded quite similar. (laughs) And then when I was helping him make his hot chocolate, because it's one of those things, it's new, so we're a bit, like, obsessed over it at the moment, aren't we? Putting twirl bars in and stuff. Um, And he was actually playing, what game is it called again? Among Us. Yeah. He's playing Among Us and the background music was on and I thought the chocolate maker was making like eerie noises. (laughs) So jumpy. (laughs) Right, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. When I was in eighth grade, I met this girl named Onyx. Her and her family were Wiccans and I passed her off as one of those crazy stone healer chicks. She approached me in health class one day and started talking about her experience with spirits. Me, being the sceptic I was, didn't believe a word of it. But she told me of a spirit in my house. She said his name was Sydney and she knew his older sister. I thought she was either pulling my leg or she was a complete wacko. Either way, I dismissed it as crazy talk. A few days later, I was laying in my bed on my laptop when suddenly my Xbox started turning on and off by itself repeatedly. It would start up and shut down over and over again and the light on the button would turn on and off, as if someone were pressing it frantically. I assumed there was something wrong with the power box and got up to fix it. Before I even touched it, I jokingly said, OK Sid, knock it off. And suddenly it stopped. I was spooked out of my mind but passed it off as just a coincidence. Fast forward to freshman year. I hadn't heard from Onyx in a while, and I completely forgot about the whole incident. It was a school night, and my alarm clock had woke me up that morning. I rolled over to turn it off, 
and as soon as I opened my eyes, I saw them. Two faceless figures standing at my bedside. I remember in specific detail exactly what they looked like. The one on the right looked like a young woman in her late teens, most likely. She was wearing a red flannel shirt and jeans. I could see her brown hair sitting on her shoulders. But her face and head was nothing but a grey blur. Another smaller figure was standing beside her. A young boy, maybe in his pre-teens, wearing a green t-shirt holding her hand. His face was also nothing but a blur. I sat up on my bed and quickly scurried to the opposite side of it. It was the most awake I'd ever been in my life. I did that cliché thing characters in movies do, where you rub your eyes really quickly, in hopes that when you open them, whatever you're looking at would be gone. But they didn't go. They stood right there in front of me, staring at me for what felt like an eternity. My alarm was still ringing, but I was so scared I couldn't hear it. I couldn't move, I couldn't scream, I was completely frozen. Eventually, the girl looked at the boy beside her. He looked back, and they both faded away. That was the end of it. I told my friends at school that day what happened, and obviously, none of them believed me. They tell me I was still dreaming, or at least half dreaming. But I knew that wasn't the case, and it definitely wasn't sleep paralysis because I shot up off to the opposite side of my bed instantaneously. I know in my heart of hearts that I was wide awake, and no matter how hard I try, I can't seem to convince myself otherwise. It's been a few years since then, and I've yet to encounter anything else out of the ordinary regarding paranormal activity. I've been out of touch with Onyx for years now, so I have no way of knowing if she could tell me anything about the situation. But to this day, I'm convinced that I saw Sydney and his sister that night. That naughty Sydney. Yeah. What an excellent name for a ghost. <laughs> a ghosty named Sydney. I would have probably thrown the alarm clock at it and, and his sister. I would have just stood up and just like started moving my fists everywhere and just playing. <laughs> just throwing hands with the air, isn't it? Yeah, throwing some shapes with your with your fists. <laughs> I would have thrown the alarm clock, got back under the blanket, and probably fallen back asleep. <laughs> or just pick up like a bat or something, mm. just swing it around. No, I've told you before, these things do nothing <sighs> to a ghost. <laughs> when I used to do that, when because apparently dogs can see ghosts and that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Whenever Boo used to like stare and bark. Mm-hmm. I just, like, get up and just, like, swing around everything at it. <laughs> Start punching the air. Yeah. <laughs> well, once, actually, was saying that when she was here, um, the cupboard under the stairs, she kept barking at it once, and it really freaked me. <laughs> <laughs> right, are you ready for the third and final scary story? Yes, I am. This morning I went for a drive to attend an appointment I'd scheduled. It was early in the morning... And I was still groggy due to the fact that Mornings and I are not very good friends. Coffee didn't even have a chance to do its work. The traffic was heavy as I casually noticed the people in the opposite direction going about their business. I noticed a woman in a vehicle. 
but her facial features were heavily distorted. It was brief, as if she was driving by and I didn't get a good look. I couldn't make out her eyes or any discernible mouth. I noticed eyebrows, but mostly the eyes and mouth seemed blurry. I kind of shrugged it off and forgot about it until my mother sent me a text this evening. My mother told me she'd just lost her friend to suicide, unfortunately. She said she went for a walk. My guess is to manage her thoughts. I often do this myself when I feel overwhelmed with life. She told me her friend's burial was today. Now I don't think her friend's passing is related to her encounter, but it's why my mother was outside in this late hour by herself. She said she came upon a large man standing by himself on the street close to her home. My mother is the caring type, but also confident in her ability to defend herself. So she called out to him and asked him how he was doing. He didn't acknowledge her. When she got close to him, she said he had no face. There was just darkness. Needless to say, this unsettled her. She went inside her home and told her husband to see what was wrong with this person if it was a person. Since this just happened, I've no idea if that faceless man is still standing in their street yet. I'm currently waiting on her reply. I did a quick Google search and I found a word for what it could be. Noparabo. Never heard of it before, but it's interesting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So the car passing by, no face ghost, I think I could deal with, but not the big bloke. Yeah, if that happened to me, I'd probably just shout like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then just like out of adrenaline, just run and like get away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, run home to mummy. <laughs> I'll get him for you, Tate. I've like, seen this man with no face and it frightened me. Oh, yeah, and I'll be just like, um, close the door, put the chain across and let's go to bed. I see a theme going on. It's just like, go to bed and sleep it off. (laughs) Yeah, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you enjoyed. Please let us know what you'd like to hear. Yes, please indeed. And if you'd like to support the show and become a patron, please visit patreon.com forward slash the whispering woods. I've also put all the links to our social media in the episode notes if you'd like to come and join us on any of those platforms. That'll be great, and we will catch up with you again on Wednesday for patrons and Thursday for more faceless ghost stories. Yeah.
Take care, everyone out there. Spooky season's here. It is, and the veil is thinning. I can smell it. Yeah. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.